This podcast is brought to you by DIA, the trusted global neutral forum for healthcare product development professionals. DIA, driving insights to action. Post-approval manufacturing changes to authorized medicinal products are routinely introduced worldwide. These changes can enhance the robustness and efficiency of the manufacturing process, ensure timely supply in case of increased demand, improve quality control techniques, and respond to updated regulatory requirements. This sustained effort is critical to prevent supply disruption and to improve the quality, safety, and efficacy of existing products, which in many ways is as important as bringing new medicines and vaccines to the market. However, evaluating post-approval changes represents a significant and increasing workload for regulators and a challenge for pharmaceutical companies that need to ensure supply continuity for their products. In 2022, the Biological Products Evaluation Office of the National Health Regulatory Agency of Brazil, known as Anvisa, began a project to optimize and accelerate the assessment of post-approval changes related to the quality of biological products. This project, called the Online Optimized Assessment Project, has been praised by industry and other regulators and has allowed Anvisa to successfully resolve part of the backlog of post-approval changes created by the COVID-19 pandemic. I am Chris M. Slowecki, Senior Digital Copy Editor for DIA. Today, I have the genuine pleasure to welcome Elkian Macedo-Rama, who is currently an advisor of Anvisa's third directorate and was the architect of this online optimized assessment project. She joins us today to explain the motivation for this initiative, its results, and Anvisa's next steps. Welcome, Elkian. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for this opportunity, Chris. I'm very pleased to be here today. Thank you. So let's start with background and uh, beginnings. What was the situation in Brazil that motivated Anvisa to think about this innovative approach? During the COVID pandemic, the efforts of the Office of Biological Products were focused on the assessment of COVID applications for treatments of this disease and especially the vaccines. And unfortunately, the workforce of our office remained the same. And as a consequence of this strategy, the backlog of non-COVID applications waiting for review increased a lot. And although they were not COVID-related, the access of the population to these therapies was also critical. So in the beginning of 2022, after the worst period of the pandemic, we noticed that we had to think out of the box and to try to figure out a different way of doing the assessments, keeping the quality of our work, but in a faster speed. And that's when the project was born. The pandemic had already enabled the use of online tools in our agents for the remote assessment of the applications, and also the possibility of having virtual meetings between the visa and the applicants. And the pandemic also helped us to be closer to other reference regulatory authorities sharing information with them and helping us in the process of building trust. So the online optimized assessment project was a way to gather all these tools in a strategy to speed up the review process of these applications that were waiting online. What are the main innovations that were implemented in this project? 
So first of all, Chris, it's important to mention that the project was initially thought for CMC post-approval changes applications, since they were the most demanding backlog in terms of numbers. Then we realized that if we select the top five companies in terms of numbers of CMC applications, it would cover 50% of the backlog of this type of a request. So that was the reason that we decided to tackle this type of submissions. Once they were selected, we sent an, an invitation to each of the five companies, and it was up to them to accept or not to be part of the project. If they accepted, they had to fulfill a spreadsheet listing all the CMC applications and pointing out if they were common documents on different applications of the same product. This information was crucial to have in advance since we could group different applications with common documents and avoid rework. Also in this spreadsheet, the company had to show us if the application was already approved by US FDA or EMA. And this was a way to stimulate them to choose the Reliance pathway, which was already possible in the Brazilian regulatory framework. But in practical terms, it wasn't a pathway usually chosen by the companies. Last but not least, the assessments were done during recorded virtual meetings with each company one by one for two weeks. During this period of time, if the reviewers need any clarification, they could ask the applicants in real time. And also if it was needed, the presence of an expert to clarify a specific technical issue, it was also possible avoiding the emission of deficient letters and saving a lot of time. After this period of two weeks, if any doubts still remained, then a deficient letter was sent to the company and the ordinary pathway was followed. So to summarize, the main three aspects of this innovative project, I would say, first, grouping applications with common documents or data. Then second, the reliance pathway, if possible. And third, the assessments were performed during online meetings. Thank you. That's an incredibly comprehensive answer, and it leads very nicely into the next question, actually. From your regulatory perspective, what role did industry play in designing and executing this project? The project was fully designed by the management team of the Office of Biological Products, inspired in a previous initiative of this office in 2015, which grouped different applications of some selected companies to speed up their assessment but using lock assessments instead of online tools because online tools were not available at that time. So we designed the project and once it was conceived, we presented it to the director. And after its approval, it was also presented during a public meeting involving several representatives of pharmaceutical companies in order to be transparent with them and to have their support. And it was really important to show them that besides the fact that just five companies would be part of the project, since the only two or three senior reviewers of the team would be fully dedicated to the project, the remaining companies would also benefit since the total backlog would be reduced in 50% and the rest of the team would continue to review the applications ordinarily. Besides the support of the entire regulated sector, the role of the industry involved in the project was crucial in the execution of it, especially due to the commitment and willingness of the companies to provide us with the documents and clarifications in real time, and also making the experts available whenever necessary and being prone to make the project succeed.
What lessons were learned from the interactions between and visa assessors and the regulatory teams of the companies who did participate? It's clear for us that the roles of Anvisa and the companies are distinct, but at the end of the day, both have the same goal, to provide the patient's treatments with quality, safety, and efficacy as fast as possible. And to do that, we learned that a good communication to be transparent and also to be closer to each other can speed up this process. Having the opportunity to stay for two weeks with each company helped them to understand our needs as regulators. The importance of the quality of the information supported in the dossiers. On the other hand, we also got the company's perspective that during a regular assessment, we sometimes weren't be able to be clear enough in reading information requests, an issue that we didn't have during the project since we could talk to them directly. And moreover, having the opportunity to discuss with the company's experts during the assessments was a very good experience. And from my perspective, these learnings will reach not only the applications, which were part of this project, but also the future submissions. Okay, the same sort of question, but facing in a different direction. Regulatory reliance is a huge global topic, and it's particularly pertinent in Latin America. So did reliance on the assessments or decisions of other regulators outside of Brazil contribute to this project? And if so, how? As I mentioned before, in the project, we try to increase the number of applications using the Reliance Pathway. In Brazil, it's up to the company to choose this pathway, but we noticed that in many cases, even when the application was already approved by EMA or US FDA, the companies chose not to use this pathway. During the project, we could show them how beneficial is this tool in speeding up the review. And having the assessment reports in advance, it's possible to avoid deficiency letters saving a lot of time, since the clarifications usually request are pretty much similar to other regulatory authorities. Let's look forward a little bit. Now that this phase of this project has been completed, what are the next steps? Is this type of innovation sustainable, and can it become a permanent way of working at Anpisa? We are currently performing a second phase of the project, focusing on the efficacy and safety post-approval changes applications, using a similar rationale especially considering the Reliance pathway to speed up these reveals. We also intend to have a third phase of the project in a couple of months, repeating the first phase of it with CMC post-approval changes applications, but with other five companies. However, answering the second part of your question, we don't believe that this project can be permanent since it requires a lot of energy and time. From our perspective, it only succeeds when we have a significant number of submissions that can be grouped, and then the great effort of performing it is worthy, since the results will reach a significant number of applications. But we believe that some tools of it can be isolated to help us to optimize the assets. Is Anvisa exploring other perhaps similar, perhaps not, but other initiatives to streamline assessment of post-approval changes or for other industry submissions? Are there other initiatives going on in Envisa? We are also working together with other regulatory authorities for the evaluation of post-approval changes, such as the Orbis project and also the ICMRA work sharing project. Assessing together with other reference authorities 
especially work sharing projects, is a very good opportunity to share experiences and for sure streamline the assessments, avoiding emission of distinct deficient letters and rework since the assessments are done together and we try as best as possible to reach convergence among the authorities. Okay, and you just so articulately summarized the current state. I'd like the last question to kind of look forward a little bit. Wishful thinking for the future. What will assessment of post-approval changes by the Anvisa of the future look like two years from now, three years from now, five years from now? And if you were writing up a wish list, what will enable this Anvisa of the future to be in this position? When I think about the future, I always try to look backwards. The COVID pandemic left many clues of how important is harmonization, regulatory convergence, and working together with other regulatory authorities in order to speed up the assessment. Of course, it's impossible to use the pace of an emergency situation, but I think the problem of having limited resources will remain, and also we will have increasing needs that we will demand us to optimize more and more the way we do the assessments. So since I'm a member of ICH, I see in the near future that we will have more harmonized requirements, including for post-approval changes, and this will help a lot. But I believe after that, we need a further step to achieve convergency. And to do that, we will need to improve the mechanisms of being closer to other regulatory authorities, to strengthen opportunities of work sharing because it avoids the emission of deficient letters, avoids rework, and it will definitely save a lot of time. And doing that, we will be able to achieve convergence and fulfill our mission to provide faster access to treatments with quality, safety, and efficacy, even having limited resources. Okay, and thank you for bringing these conversations and ideas to DIA. DIA is a platform for distributing conversations about working together and harmonization and convergence. And we couldn't be more grateful for your time today. And best of luck with this project and Anvisa in the future. Thank you, Chris, for this opportunity. For DIA, I am Chris M. Slowacki. To learn more about this topic, visit us online at diaglobal.org.